0: Welcome to College App 101. I'm your host, Dr. Riley. Succeeding in high school is challenging and applying to college can be overwhelming. I hope my comments here ease the tension you may feel. It will benefit you to think like a college admissions counselor. She's the lady that will read your application to Carnegie Mellon or Villanova. He's the guy that will handle your application to Penn State or Clemson. I've worked with many such professionals. They're great people and interested in helping you apply to their school. The American education experience is quite varied for middle and high schools, public or private education, home schools, urban, country, or boarding schools, but there's also enough overlap in experience that colleges can and do accept students from every type of schooling background. All my schooling was within one public school system or district in my rural Ohio hometown. There were three schools, an elementary, a middle, and a high school, each with its own building, administration, faculty, start and end times, etc. Middle school was 5th through 8th grades, with 7th and 8th grades being termed junior high. My middle school experience was largely positive. The building itself actually doesn't exist anymore physically. Some years after high school, the middle school was leveled and a new building was put up across town. My memory of the school was a single-level building with three major wings off a central hub. That hub held administrative offices, the gym, library, and cafeteria. One wing off the hub was 5th and 6th grades. Those grades were comparable to elementary school. With the exception of English, a class had one teacher in one classroom the entire day. Another wing was fine arts. The last wing was junior high, 7th and 8th grades. Junior high students enjoyed more privileges like changing classes every hour, individualized lockers, joining school sports teams, stuff like that. Sometime during my schooling, I got placed on an an advanced math track. I forget the details and timing, but I know in 8th grade, a group of us took Algebra 1, not regular 8th grade math. And a patient, clear, kind-hearted, calm woman at the end of that junior high wing was our teacher. Looking back across the decades, I see how creative she was. For example, she was athletic, so she incorporated March Madness, the NCAA basketball tournament into the curriculum. I like that she built a bridge into my world as a kid. At precisely the time when I was electing to take Algebra 1 in 8th grade, or probably more correctly, mom and dad making the decision, I was getting on a track that would terminate four years later in taking calculus as a senior. Sure enough, as the sun rose on high school senior year, I occupied a seat in calculus class. Many of my classmates were from 8th grade, Algebra 1. As the year progressed, I heard whispers about something called AP, but I didn't clearly grasp what AP was. I did understand I could take a standardized test at the end of the school year that was called an AP calculus exam. That was my first exposure to College Board's AP program, a popular way for high school students to earn college credit. There are several ways high school students do this. Here's a general overview of three. College Board's AP program, dual credit or dual enrollment, and the IB or International Baccalaureate program. They're similar and different. In the end, families should reach out to to their school's academic guidance office for information on how or if their school handles college credit in high school. AP and IB are similar in that high school students take an AP or IB class in their school. A standardized test follows that class. If the student scores high enough on the test, then, when the student enrolls in college, their college may award college credit to the student. If a student scores low, then their college probably won't award credit. AP and IB exams are standardized quite long in some cases, and difficult. And schools use AP or IB only when the AP or IB program grants permission to the school. These classes are advanced, college-level classes. They're challenging and should only be taken under the guidance of academic advising and a parent or guardian. Dual credit or dual enrollment courses are college-level courses taken by a, by a high school student in the student's high school or online, or on a local college campus. The student is dually enrolled in their high school and in their high school's dual credit college partner. For example, a junior in high school physically leaves their high school twice each week, drives across town to a local college campus, and takes college freshman composition one. Once the student passes that course, their high school awards a high school English credit and the college awards them college credit, hence dual credit. Other than the regular college exams of a dual credit course, there's no standardized test at the end of a dual credit class. There are also fees associated with AP, dual credit, and IB. Maybe the high school pays the fee. Sometimes high schools expect families to pay. Personally, I did not take the AP calculus exam at the end of senior year. In retrospect, I see calculus was the beginning of me not understanding math. I understood how to use a calculator and enter formulas that resulted in a correct answer, but understanding calculus's abstract concepts eluded me. So, in the wake of taking calculus, when I went to freshman orientation at Ohio State's Enerson Hall, and sat for my math placement test, I didn't test into calculus, or pre-calculus for that matter. I landed, probably where I belonged, in college algebra, where I had another very clear, patient, kind-hearted instructor. If you've enjoyed this and other College App 101 podcasts, please share them through Spotify, iTunes, or my website. Until next time, I'm your pre-college advisor, Dr. Riley. For more information about succeeding in high school, college apps, or to contact me, visit my website at collegeapp101.com. That's college, C O L L E G E, app, app101.com.